Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Froyan, and on this week's episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we're going to be talking about how we can use IFS, or internal family systems, to help us reparent ourselves. So many of us are attempting to parent our children with compassion and grace and curiosity, and I really believe one of the biggest blockers to that is that we are not able to interact with ourselves in our own bodies and minds and spirits in that same way that we're trying to interact with our kids on the outside. And I think that internal family systems, which is a modality of working with, with yourself and your, your inner parts, your inner family, is one of the best ways to start engaging in that work, that inner work. And so to help me with this conversation, because I am not an IFS expert, I'm bringing someone in. I'm so pleased to introduce Christine Dixon. Christine, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah, so good to be here, Laura. Yes, so I actually have a background in educational therapy. So I worked with children with learning differences for over 20 years. But then at that point, past trauma uh, from childhood, from an abusive marriage, from various things kind of caught up to me. And once I was in a safe space, what often happens is the trauma can manifest in our bodies and it begins to then show up and want attention. And we'll learn, you know, in IFS that these are actually parts that are stuck back in the moments of trauma that really need to be loved and to be attended to. So at that point, I was having all of these physical symptoms and began just going on this quest for healing for myself and began to see the, the mind-body connection, tried so many different things that were very helpful, mindfulness, self-compassion, somatic experiencing, all of these wonderful things. And then I began um, a coaching program with Martha Beck. Some people may know her. She's one of the most famous life coaches. And she coached me and she said, I'm going to use something called internal family systems with you. And I said, okay. <laughs> and little did I know that my life would forever be changed uh, from that point on. Internal family systems for me, what I often say is it's the most direct, effective, holistic, and compassionate healing method that I have experienced. And so traumas that had been affecting me for my whole life or for many, many years were finally healed. And it, it was just so incredibly hopeful and transformative for me that I changed my whole trajectory. And I just, like my husband says, I began to eat, sleep and breathe IFS. Mm -hmm. And it was just my North star, my calling, you know, I was so compelled and pulled forward by it. And so now I, I call myself an IFS educator and enthusiast. And as you know, I share every day on, on Instagram, and it really comes from a place of sincerity that this is something that is a lifestyle to me that I, I live and I, I would just want to share with other people. Dick Schwartz, the one who developed IFS talks about being a hope merchant mm. for other people and, and for our parts too, but to, to just sell this idea that there is healing that's possible. And 
the source of healing is within you. And uh, so that's kind of what I am, a hope merchant, (laughs) a wounded healer. And yeah, just love to share about it. I love that. Okay, so if we're going to specifically talk about kind of reparenting through an IFS lens, where do you think is a good place for us to start on that kind of, because that's what a lot of my listeners are looking to do. They know that they had childhoods that they don't want to replicate. And yet at the same time, they find themselves saying the same things their parents said, doing things Mm -hmm. in their parenting that they don't want to do, unable to, to make that kind of that final shift. They've read the books, they know how, you know, they know what they're supposed to do and say, but they, they just can't. And from my perspective, the, the, the way that I found is learning how to do that for myself is the only way that I can do that for others. Where would you start us off? Yeah. So it's interesting, right? So my clientele is not just parents, but, but I believe that every person is a parent is parenting because they need to parent themselves. And even if you've grown up in a relatively healthy family, you are going to have a lot of wounds because your parents cannot possibly be there for you at every moment when you have, you know, a a grief or a letdown. Um, There's going to be cultural, lots of cultural systemic things that are, are weighing on you. So even if you haven't had trauma, there's going to be a lot of baggage or what we call an IFS burdens that we're carrying. <clears throat> so I have people, like I said, who don't have children, physical children, but they have inner children. And so just like, you know, your clients who are parents, they're going to all these courses and they're learning how to lovingly consciously parent their physical outer children. I would encourage them to consider the fact that they also have inner children, and the process looks very similar. And in my experience, there are times when, I mean, you have to juggle the two, the outer children and the inner children. But in my experience, when I really tend to my own inner children first, the parenting on the outside becomes very natural. Mm -hmm. And I know that's hard for some parents because it, like, if I tend to myself, that's selfish. They have a, that's one of the cultural burdens for a lot of women, especially I'm supposed to sacrifice myself for my children. I'm supposed to go against my limits and against my own needs. And obviously I'm sure they've heard the the whole, you know, put on the oxygen mask first, but, but again, those parts that hold those burdens, it's very hard to let go of them. So we have, we have to go in and, you know, in IFS, we have this beautiful process of really meeting those parts that, and understanding them and validating how they got that message and helping them learn something else. So it really is like going toward a child inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to kind of give a little analogy sometimes, like if you were at the stove and you're making dinner and your child comes up and is pulling on your pant leg, mommy, 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 right? And you just, you're like, ah, oh, you're trying to shoo them away. No, 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 go away. I'm making dinner. Mommy's making dinner, go away. And they're like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And the more you try to shoo them away, the louder and louder they get, right? Mm-hmm. And but if you turn off the the stove and you get down on their level for a second, they might say, "Look at my boo boo, mommy. Can you kiss it?" You know, and you kiss it, and then they run off. Or look at my drawing. Oh, it's so wonderful. And then they run off, right? And so the more we kind of try to push them away when they're when they're distressed, kind of the louder they get. And that's the same with our inner children mm-hmm. that we have parts of us that will push away, you know, kind of some of those parts that hold maybe fear or anger or grief, you know, that feel really overwhelming. And they're constantly like, no, 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 I don't have time for this. Go away. And what, mm-hmm. what we learn in IFS is just experimenting with going toward that and I think of like a big emotion as like a little child inside of us and saying just moving toward it maybe for you know 90 seconds <laughs> which is the amount of time that, that an emotion goes through our bodies and just say I'm here with you what do you need and just listening to that part that's holding that 
And just like our child, it will relax. And the more we learn to do that, the more the system begins to trust that we can, that we can go toward difficult things and we don't have to, I don't know how much of the IFS language you want me to use it all. We'll talk about <laughs> if, if it's a term that I feel like folks don't know, we can talk about what it is. Yeah. Use it all. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so, so one of the first things is just understanding that we have these multiple parts inside of us, these inner families that are constantly interacting. And for some people, this, they think, oh, they they thought of this as a pathology, right? But it's really not. If you begin observing your mind, like people who meditate a lot, right? They'll, they'll observe that there's not a monologue. There's a, a dialogue or a discussion often going on. And it's actually really helpful to understand that because instead of thinking, if I'm angry, that means that all of me is angry, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm sad, all of me is sad. You can actually understand, oh, there's a part of me that's angry here. And if you can get a little distance from it, you'll see that it's protecting something that's more vulnerable underneath. And the angry parts are actually always very loyal to you and to your needs. They're letting you know that there's a need that's unmet or there's a boundary that's been crossed. They just have like sometimes maladaptive or unhelpful strategies for that protection. Yes, exactly. And one thing I love it in IFS is, is this understanding of the difference between the negative impact that particularly a burdened extreme part may have and, and it's positive intention. Mm. So there's this idea in IFS that there are no bad parts, meaning that they, it, it's kind of like Dr. Kennedy, Dr. Uh, the Dr. Becky, the good inside, right? That Every part is good inside. Every person is good inside. Their intention is good. And as you go toward them and you get to know them, you will understand that they are protecting something underneath and that perhaps they learned this strategy at a time when that's what is the only thing that kept you alive or, you know, helped you survive. Maybe you had to fawn and please your parents in order to survive, or maybe you know, some people say you have an addiction. People try to get the person to stop, just just get rid of that addiction. But that addiction it is a is a symptom that is showing you that there's something underneath. And maybe the protector next in line is suicide, right? And that addictive part is like, I'm going to do this no matter what, so that the pain doesn't come up. Yeah. So there, I had a situation the other day where I was driving. There was a, a street light. And then the car across from me swerved and started coming toward me. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is this guy doing? How, how, how dare he like come into my lane? And then I saw that there was a child in the road and that he was swerving to get out of the way of the child. And so I immediately understood the good intention, mm-hmm. right? And this is very much what happens to our parts is in, initially we look at them and we go, what the heck is this part doing in ourselves or in someone else? But then as we begin to understand the history, it begins to make sense. Oh, you were protecting this or, and and so those big parts that have the negative impact, Mm -hmm. they can't stop doing that until whatever they're protecting is healed. So there's no shame ever in, in the IFS model. I love that experience that, that you shared. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was scary, but what a beautiful illustration of what's happening for a lot of us. So I'm curious to know then for someone who is just at the beginning of understanding this, understanding that I have a complex internal system that's been, been with me for a long time, that there are maybe parts that have been shushed or pushed to the side for a long time. They've been getting louder and louder and we're ready to start taking a look. What would you recommend as like the first thing someone does if their intention is to start parenting themselves mm-hmm. more with more compassion and curiosity? What would be the first thing that you would have them do? Yeah, I often will start just with awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Just a noticing, I often say noticing whatever's alive in you. Mm -hmm. And you might do that in moments that are not necessarily volatile at first. I often liken this to, it's like a scuba diver who several times a day goes under the surface 
and looks around at the ocean. If anyone's seen my octopus teacher, it's, yeah. you know, like this. And, and every time they go down, it's a different world. Like things are changing and you begin just noticing, right? That there's these subtle changes. So, and I often tell people, you don't need to start with like 10 minutes at a time. Start with 30 seconds. Start with 10 seconds. If Do whatever the little amount that your system will allow you to do, that you will do that feels effortless, right? And you could just for a moment, I tell people you're going to go inside and IFS, we say you make a YOU turn. <laughs> you come <laughs> inside and it's just like, I call it being the non-judgmental, you know, compassionate witness, which we'll learn as our self or capital S self, but you can practice it on the outside too. Just, you know, you're being in this present moment, your five senses, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? And then I'll, I'll tell people now, turn it inside. And I'll often like to close my eyes. And you're just looking, I say you're looking for your pets. <laughs> you're looking for your physical sensations, emotional energy, and your thoughts. And there's no fixing. It's just noticing. Just, mm. uh, oh, I notice the pressure of my tailbone on the chair. I notice the way my hair feels on my shoulder. So you're just looking at, at physical sensations at first. And, and some people who've had significant trauma have a really hard time even with that. So that's okay. You would notice that. Like, oh, I, I notice an anxiety about going into my body. Like that seems scary to me. And again, there's no judgment. It's just a noticing. Or maybe there might be moments where you stop. And as soon as you're stop and be still. Oh my goodness. There's a sadness that's just wells up. Right. Or you notice, Oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Right. Or it is, it's just, it's just going to reveal to you what is true, what is alive in you. And again, for those striving parts of us, probably that want to try to fix it. Like, Oh, there's a sadness. Oh no. What do I do? Um, again, you would notice that too. Ah, and now I see there's a part that wants to fix. And so there's just, it's just a noticing. And I'll often say, I see you and I see you. And the I is the self and the you is the part, right? I see you, I see you. Or I might have conflicting thoughts in my head. Man, I really, really want to do this. Oh, but I don't want to do it because of the, you know, and, and I'm just listening. Oh, I see the part that wants to do that. I see that this part doesn't. So in doing that, then as you go in, you know, each day or whenever you want to, you begin to see the changing terrain inside mm -hmm. and that there are different active parts that come to the surface and they blend with you at different times. If you feel really overwhelmed by something, you can ask it. Um, I, I like to say, can you just be nose to nose with me? Like, can, can you just come right out to the surface? Just a second. I want to just swoop back just a, just a smidge. You said mm -hmm. they can blend with you. Can you just yeah. like hold that to the light for just a minute and help us understand? Um, because I, I think what you mean there is that there, when we are reacting on the, the outside, when we're having, we're really flooded, we're angry, we maybe lose our cool and yell, that you, what you were alluding to there is that that's not actually us that that's a yeah. part that's blended with us. Can you talk a little bit about that piece of it? Yeah. So, so in IFS, the experience that I've had, you know, with myself and all my clients and Dick Schwartz is also have with all of his clients is that every single one of us at our core has a capital S self. And that is kind of our true essence, right? And we're born with it. It's innate. It cannot be destroyed, cannot be taken away. It cannot uh, be diminished through trauma. So it's always there at our core. And it has these, these eight C qualities, right? It's, it's uh, curious and compassionate. It's calm and it's clear, has clarity. It's connected. It's creative. It's confident. It's courageous. So if you think about like moments, maybe when you're in nature or you're with, you're in a really safe space, right? It's kind of that ventral state, you know? you feel really connected and calm that's kind of your true nature but just like the sun 
you know, is always there, but sometimes it gets covered by clouds, right? And you can have like several overcast days and you're like, does the sun even exist? I, I <laughs> it feels it. like that in winter sometimes here in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it can be really, it can be honestly really scary and overwhelming. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people to, when it's overcast for so long and in our lives, sometimes that happens where these protective parts come in because they learned to do this extreme job to, to protect us in the past and actually to preserve the self. And so they come like clouds and they cover over that self and they can often have, if they're burdened, not all parts are burdened, but if they are burdened, they will have very extreme emotion and very extreme tactics because they literally think you're going to die if you don't do this, right? Or if you don't lash out or, you know, whatever their strategy is. And so they will kind of like take the seat of consciousness. They'll, they'll kind of cover over the self and they will act as you in a sense. And so what you'll feel like is I am so angry, Mm -hmm. right? Or you'll feel like I'm so worthless. I'm, you know, and you'll have a lot of like your whole identity is this thing. And so that's when you'll feel blended and it'll kind of feel like where's self, where's self, there's nowhere to be found. It, It can be a really overwhelming experience. And you'll see other people too, who get blended with their parts. I think that I don't know about you, but in your my experience working with folks with parents, they've spent a lot of time being blended yes. with their parts, especially yeah. when they're in the throes of a really hard stage in parenting. Oh, for sure. The beautiful thing to understand is that those parts cannot stop doing what they're doing until what they're protecting is healed, right? So there's no shame in those parts. Those parts are are faithful it's in them being able to have a relationship with this core loving compassionate self that they will eventually be able to relax but only then because they have to feel safe yeah there has to be trust and connection and safety in order for them to to relax and release those those tactics those strategies that they've cultivated over the years to protect us. It's just like with our kids, right? It's just like with our kids when they're having, you know, a nervous system meltdown, when they are shunted out of their rational brain and into fight or flight, there's no reasoning with them. There's no convincing them. There's only safety. There's only signaling safety to these sweet little ones who are losing their, you know, who are lost to, to their fear, to their anxiety, to the trigger that, that took them. And yeah. just like with those kids, all we can do is, is signal safety. I see you. I'm here with you. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love the statement from Marshall Rosenberg, who created nonviolent communication. He talks about if you cannot find it in yourself to have compassion on another person, you know, if it's your child in that moment, you must bring it to yourself first. And then you will naturally have it on them. It's not about this willpower of making ourselves. It's, it's about understanding, oh, if I don't have the capacity to have compassion or empathy on my child right now, there's a part of me that needs it first. So I remember first, when I first understood this when my kids were younger, at first I would try to power through. Right. And I think that's like, what we're all doing is gritting our teeth yeah. and knuckling through it because we know exactly. what we're supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. Thought, oh my God. And then, and then I would lose it. Right. I wouldn't be able to power through, yell at my child. And then, you know, and then the critic would come in and hound me what terrible mom you are and the shame. And it was just a spiral. But I remember at one point, I remember the exact moment when I made this choice of like an experiment. Because I really think it's it's helpful to propose to those parts and experiment at first because they don't know yet that it, it's effective and they might not trust it. But to say, I'm just going to go into the laundry room for 90 seconds. And I tell my children, I'm, I'm going to go into the laundry room. I'm going to be right back. And I put my hand on my heart and I would say, oh, my goodness, I you're suffering. I see that you're suffering you're so angry, you're so overwhelmed, like just naming whatever it was that was there in me. 
And I would just begin to weep usually at those parts of being seen. Oh my gosh, yes, it is. This is so hard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and just, uh, you know, I'm being seen by myself. And then the tears would come and I would resolve into a little place of more clarity and calm that, that prefrontal cortex would come back online and I would be able to emerge with so much more calm and clarity and say, you know, mommy was really triggered here. I might be able to apologize and repair if I did, you know, just very naturally, or, or I might be very clear about this is what mommy needs right now without angst, without, you know, just, just kind of that direct leadership, but it took me going to be with myself first. And a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have to do that for hours, you know, but really you, you can do it for a couple minutes, 90 seconds. And my family began to learn that when mommy had a timeout, things went so much better. <laughs> so yeah. They were and, supportive. And your system learns that too. Yes. So just like our kids need to trust us, so do, too does our system. So our, our system, you I love how you phrase it, proposing an experiment. Just let me try this and let's just see what happens. Because they don't, the, our parts don't always trust us. Yeah. Because We've allowed other parts to blend at certain times. You know, there can be a sense of like, there's no way you've got this. You've never had it before. How can you, you know, and we, we yep. have to build, spend time building trust. And then we get better and better as that trust builds too. And as yeah. those parts that used to have such destructive strategies, once mm -hmm. they relax, once we start acknowledging their good intentions, they can actually start learning better strategies too and be right. a beautiful team for us. Right. Yeah, it becomes like you said, I like the quote from Dick Schwartz that IFS is attachment theory on the inside. Yeah. Where as we begin to have this secure attachment between our younger parts and ourself on the inside we're able to, to parent from our adult self much more, yeah. right? But if our young parts are coming out, right, at, at our kids, to know that there's no shame in that, that it makes sense. It's just information to us. Oh my goodness, there's a part in me that needs attention here. Yeah. And we can either go in that moment or we can try to make an appointment later and say, I really need to go back and, and meet with this part and see, what its burden is. And, and gradually you'll begin to notice when those parts come up before they explode, right? You'll begin to notice a little agitation mm -hmm. as it starts building. Oh, I'm, you know, maybe I'm blended with a part that's pushing me beyond my limits right now. And another part is getting really agitated. And before you blow up, you can go inside and say, Hey, I see, I see both of you. I see the yeah. part that thinks I need to, you know, why do you feel that way? And you can begin kind of having this relationship with the different parts in you. That's, that's self-attunement, right? So yeah. we as caregivers to our children on the outside are always looking for attunement, being able to be sensitively attuned to our children. And when we are, we notice the, the frustration as it starts to bubble, as the magnetile tower keeps crashing. Right. We notice the change, the slight change in tone between siblings as they, at the very beginning of a disagreement, where if we're attuned and we're, we hear it, we can come in and just be present and just offer a little bit of support just with our presence and then lo and behold they actually like notice that they're getting that way and they use their problem solving skills you know if we've taught them to them is that that is attunement on the outside and you're asking us to become attuned on the inside and it takes practice and time and getting to know what that feels like when that's starting to bubble up within us yeah yeah that's, it really is such such a parallel experience it totally is and, i'm so glad to I, find someone else who really sees it that way it's the same it's, it's, it's the, the same inside the outside yeah so yesterday in my eye support group we were talking about polarizations and like you talk about, you know, two children who are beginning to escalate, right? We can have two parts within us that are fighting with each other. And we'll, that'll often feel like kind of being pulled back and forth in two extreme directions or feeling stuck or confused, right? Because we have 
this part that, you know, really, really wants to, uh, like I've been working with a polarization, I'll just give an example of polarization right now of like a part that just really wants to give everything out for free and just help everybody. And another part that's like, yeah, but you need security, Christine. And, <laughs> you know, and they're kind of, they're like fighting with each other. I think right? I have the same parts. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it's like, there are these parts inside that have, but they, in their moderate form, right. They have, they both have very good intentions. So let's see a a common polarization like for a mother might be the part like I was saying that's very caretaking and wants to give everything of themselves and sacrifice everything for their family and then often what happens is as extreme uh, as that part is there will be an equal and opposite part that's extreme in the opposite direction (laughs) so there's a part that's yeah and it's like I want to go into the woods and I want to run abandon away. <laughs> my family and never, you know, I mean, it's very extreme. So I'll have a parent come to me and feel such guilt over that. Why do I have this part that just wants to abandon my family? And I'll say, well, let's look at the, the opposite extreme part. And this part, so a polarization is a, a burden systems way of trying to achieve balance. Trying to achieve balance. Oh. So it's, it, it has, this one is like, this caretaking part is so extreme that I have to pull to this degree to to get you to take care of yourself. Now the caretaking part in its moderate form has this beautiful intention to connect to your family and to give to them, to love them. And this other part that wants to escape wants to protect you and your freedom and your expansiveness and your rest. Right. So they, they both have really good intentions. Yeah. And so you become the mediator on the inside, just like you are with your children on the outside. Yeah. Let's see what, what is your need? And what is your need? Oh my gosh, you both have really good needs. How can we come to a strategy that meets them both? You know, and if usually I'll ask people, which, which one's older, usually the caretaking part is, is older. And so it might be meaning that it existed before the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually the one that's burdened. And so then you'll want to look underneath and say, a big question in IFS is, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't do this? What are you afraid would happen if you didn't sacrifice yourself constantly? And, And then just be open to receiving an answer from that part without thinking it up, right? And it might say, I would be a bad woman. I would be shamed i would be punished i would you know have no worth it usually it's a very desperate answer mm-hmm. which helps you understand oh it's no wonder you're you're doing that to such an yeah, extreme that makes and so it, much you, sense you make sense exactly yeah. and then you can say you know when when did you get that message or when did that happen and it might show you again that a younger part of you that either got that message culturally was punished was you know for me there's a lot of religious burden you know around you must put others above yourself or you know that's that's the honorable thing to do so so it's about really getting to know how that part got to be so extreme and going and being with those young parts in ifs we we do reparenting Mm-hmm. Where we actually go in to an, a, a memory and as our current wise adult loving self, we are with that child self and we help them know they're not alone and that they are worthy as they are. And we're really creating this corrective experience. And until an adult parent has that corrective experience inside, they're going to pass on all of you know, those burdens inevitably to their children, not because they're a bad person, but because those parts of them genuinely believe that that's how to survive until they have a different experience. Absolutely. And so I I feel like we've kind of highlighted in this, in this beautiful discussion, two ways of reparenting, right? So there's this kind of active daily process of sensitive attunement and self-kindness and compassion, self-presence, you know, under, you know, just being present with yourself, recognizing those parts. And then there's this reparenting piece that is, that is deeper where you're specifically targeting 
the parts of ourselves that need a different parenting experience than the one that they received. And, and we're using the word parent. I feel like parents get such a bad rap sometimes, but <laughs> that, that could be an experience with a teacher. It could be a traumatic experience with someone sure. who wasn't your parent where they, you had unmet needs and you, or you, you know, you had an experience that didn't make sense. And so you were left on your own to make sense of it. And we can offer that that experience with a wise, compassionate adult to that younger part of ourselves in the here and now. And I love like highlighting those kind of two different modalities of reparenting. Yeah, one's kind of a daily practice or a, just a lifestyle. And again, it doesn't have to be for long periods of time. It can just be a check-in here or there, what's alive in me. But then there's some deeper work, again, that as you notice, and I have to call them triggers or trailheads or, or tormentors, like our children or our other people in our lives can be our tormentors uh, with a dash, you know, they're mentors because they show us something's there that needs our, our attention. It needs healing. And so I like that you said, it's not always parents. It can be anything. And as those protective layers, as we get to know all the, the protective parts, the strategies to, to keep pain out and um, to keep it down. And because they're, they're just so afraid of the ones that hold the pain, but if we can befriend them and get their permission, because they begin to trust the self, because they have experience with the self. What if I could go to that one and they begin to say, oh yes, please. I didn't know you could help me. Please help me. And then, and then in IFS, we do this thing that I call time travel. But like I said, you know, one of the first ones that I did was where I brought my curious, compassionate self into this moment when I was 10 and my best friend of many years said, you're fat and ugly and I can't be your friend anymore. And she never spoke to me again. And there were other parts of me that had diminished that all my life. Oh, that wasn't a big deal. That happens, you know? And so I had to ask them if they would just give me space. And that's something we can do in IFS. If there are parts that block our way, oh, can I, I see why you're trying to diminish it because you don't want to focus on that. But can you let me go to it from a space of, of just openness so that I can witness that? And so that mm -hmm. process looks, again, I call it time travel. You're going back to that moment. But now this 10-year-old me is not alone. Now my adult self is there too. So it's, it's not just reliving, you know, a trauma moment. It's, it's recreating it. It's redoing it. Right. And really, and I remember going back and really getting how devastating that was for my 10 year old self and all the messages, the burdens, we call them in IFS, but the beliefs about herself that she took on that day. And then all these protective parts that were developed that day, or the parts weren't developed, but their role was developed, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to restrict my eating. I'm going to get perfect grades so nobody can criticize me. I'm this going is never going to gonna happen again. Exactly. Yes. Never again never is, again. is the motto of the, of the protective parts. So I begin to see how my system developed and how it makes sense, but in, in going in and being with her, with witnessing her, giving her what she needed in those moments that she didn't have, you know, and then retrieving her, bringing her out of that moment. Cause a lot of those parts are really sincerely stuck there and helping her unleash those beliefs that she got. Now my protective system doesn't constantly have to do all the work to protect her. Mm -hmm. She has this loving relationship with self and that frees up energy in my system, right? To, so, so that's just an example, right? Of, of what it looks like to do some of that deeper work. Yeah. And what's beautiful about, about this is that we can all imagine our child on the outside, having a moment like that, coming exactly. home from school, crying, telling us that a friend said something mean and that active experience of going with and being with yourself in a painful moment honing that skill of open-hearted compassion, non-judgmental presence, asking what's needed, not what we think is needed, but what that part actually needs. Building that skill, that repertoire, you can then use on the outside again with your kids. 
because your kids will need something different in that moment than what you did. You know, I, there's a, this thing, you know, that floats around to be the parent that you needed as a child. And Mm -hmm. I like, I always say, no, you need to be the parent you needed as a child to your own inner children. And you need to be the parent that your actual child needs with curiosity and compassion. I love that. They need a different parent than what you needed. You need a quite unique parent that only you need. They need somebody else. Right. I, I always push back on the, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I'm like, no, do unto others as they would have you do unto yeah. them. My, <laughs> you know? my daughter does too. So that the, like her school, like they talk about the golden rule and then their class, like my daughter insisted that they create a platinum rule that is do unto others as you, as um, they would have, have you do. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. I know. She's <laughs> a fabulous soul. <laughs> oh my she, goodness. Yeah. And absolutely my own partner in healing because, <laughs> yes, yes. you know, we get some of these kids, you know, there are, there are kids who, for whatever reason, kind of just flow with what happens and they don't push the healing, you know, in the way that mm-hmm, some other mm-hmm. kids do. <laughs> my daughter, I think there's so much like resonance and reverberation with her. I see so much of, of my dad and myself in her that like practically every day with her as an invitation for my own. Yeah. They're holding up a mirror to us. They're, you know, what I remember when I first really understood that my triggers were gifts, that they were an opportunity to, you know, it's just like a, a physical symptom, right? We'll have like a physical symptom and we get upset. Oh man, why am I having this pain? But it's actually alerting you. It's letting you know that something needs attention yeah, right? absolutely. Like seeing your bodily symptoms, your emotional symptoms as these benevolent messengers yeah. that are saying there's something underneath that really needs attention. Yeah. And, and if we can, that's why I love IFS because it gives us this roadmap of what to do, how to go in and how to actually help and heal those root issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. In in one of my programs, Parenting from Within, we have a gratitude practice for our triggers where we explicitly uh, practice gratitude towards those things that alert us to where our, our healing needs to happen. I love that. One of the things that I do feel that I get asked of me a lot for parents who are starting some of this work, like in my Parenting from Within program, um, and I'm sure you get this too from your your folks who are in some of your courses, which I'd love for you to tell us about, but there, some folks worry that they do, because they don't have very many explicit mm. memories, many of the people who come to work with me either say like my childhood was fine. Like there was nothing like Mm -hmm. big that stands out or, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't great, but I don't really remember. I don't, you know, they don't have explicit memories and I'm kind of, you know, I have never found that to be a problem in my work with, with parents, but I'm kind Mm -hmm. of curious about, because I have found in, in, you know, leading folks through self-compassion and IFS that even if we're talking about things that happened in the past, it's all happening in the here and now for the Exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious what, for folks who are worried, like if they don't, they, you yeah. know, they wouldn't have an explicit memory of being 10 and having a friend sure. say something harsh. What would you, yeah. how can they do that work? Yeah, that's a good, a good question because so we can have memories in different ways, right? We can have explicit memories and we can have implicit memories, yeah. which are somatic or we feel in our body or in our nervous system. So I would encourage people that their body never lies, right? Mm. So So I remember just having such a volatile nervous system and thinking, you know, and then the shaming piece of, oh, why am I experiencing this? Nothing really that bad happened to me. You know, I, I don't understand why I'm having this, but, but to really validate that in moments when your nervous system just becomes activated and maybe you have no idea why, right? What I will often do is say, there's just a, a a sudden terror or panic sensation or a a grief and you have no idea what it's about or just an irritation or or something like that, right? A disgust it to, again, just begin noticing and knowing that that's coming up for a reason. And what I'll do, I I started to say this before I'll, I'll ask it. Can you just 
come right in front of me, right? So that, that I can be with you. And some people visualize their parts. Some people do not. So if you don't visualize them, there's nothing wrong with you, right? You might just experience it as a, an energy in front of you. Sometimes I will like kind of see myself in that state. So I'll see myself in anguish and I immediately begin to have compassion because it's like, it's another person in front of me who's feeling that. But again, if, if you experience something somatically or in your nervous system, okay, can you come in front of me? And I'll just ask one question. I'll just say, how old are you? And wait for a number to come. Some people report that they can't ever get an age. They can't get a number, but I was always so surprised that a number would come and what what that, and you don't have to know any kind of detail, any kind of memory at all. Just the age can help you know how to soothe that part. So if it's, if it says I'm an infant, I'm zero, right? You can begin rocking. You can wrap yourself in a blanket. If it's a young child, you might stroke your hair and just say, oh, honey, I'm here. Oh, I'm here with you. Right. So what, whatever age it is, if it's a teenager, right? You, you might just have a little bit of distance and let them vent, but it's, it can be just a, a really quick practice where you don't need to know any kind of detail you don't need at to all. Know. Yeah. And one thing too, is to, that I feel like is important that I've experienced for myself when I ask that age question, because I, I do IFS for my own, my own well-being. When I ask that age question, there is always a skeptical part who's right yeah. there with me being hmm. that is ready to like discount whatever age pops in. So there's always like, you know, like when I'm about to ask that question, that skeptical, skeptical part is, is always thinking things like, you know, like, like you won't be able to think of an age like there's no age, you know like it's always yeah. right there with me and like lo and behold a number does usually come and then that part is like how do you know it's that age you know like it's just well it's quite it's, it's and it's <laughs> it's like the experimenting again right yeah. that, that because I tell people I don't ever expect you to believe this stuff unless you've experienced it right and so I tell people the day before I experienced this, I thought it was crazy. So, <laughs> so I, tell, I, I totally like, with you. I feel like every person who experiences IFS and like really has that moment of like, yes, this is it. Like there's, they have a story about when like, it just like. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've, I've done that thing with, with the age so many times now that my parts are more, my skeptical and thinking parts are more relaxed. But initially, of course, they're going to be there. And, and I'll just ask them, can you just rest back and let me, you know, receive a number that I've learned to trust the validity of that number. Yeah. The other day I had overwhelm. I won't go into the situation, but with my son and I went into the closet. That's my place to meet with my parts. And I said, oh my goodness, you're so overwhelmed. How old are you? And I said, 42. And I was like, no, another part of me was like, no, you're not. What? <laughs> 42 eye roll (laughs) but as I began thinking about it this thing that I was concerned about with my son he had this really difficult experience when I was 42 when I went through all these physical ailments and I was hospitalized Mm. and I and that and I couldn't be there for him in that Mm. moment and I was like oh you are 42 (laughs) (laughs) but it, it was like my rational brain hadn't put any of that together. So it's really on a subconscious level where there's a certain wisdom. And as you experience it, these parts will begin to tell you things. If you can just receive an answer from them and and you'll be amazed at the insight. You go, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that makes complete sense. You'll have clarity about it that you didn't have before. So again, just encourage you to to experiment with it and and see what happens. Yeah. Well, Christine, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I'm sure that folks are, you know, who are listening for whom this is like, oh gosh, you know, right, like making some curiosity, some interest arise. I, I'm sure that they'd love to know how they could learn more from you and with you. Yeah. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, I am the 
underscore ordinary underscore sacred. And I, I will, everybody listening, I will put all of the links to everything in the show notes. So you'll okay. be able to go and connect. Yeah. So it's the ordinary sacred, but my entire content is about IFS education. So I have tons of posts you can go back and videos and different things there. And then on my website, theordinarysacred.com, I have some self-paced courses. There's one called IFS 101. So you can just get the basics. Um, and then there's one self-compassion through an IFS lens. And I'm actually working on one that I hope to come out at the end of the month. That's IFS and the body. Oh, cool. And really just connecting how, how our parts show up and how they use our bodies to give us messages. So that's the third one's coming out. And then I also have some worksheets. I, I was like, you know, I can't be one-on-one with everybody, but, but I put out all these worksheets because it's almost like I'm there directing you kind of through the process, <laughs> through this worksheet. And then I have some, some meditations and some other resources on the website. I do have a, um, a support group, an IFS support group that meets on Tuesdays at one, from one to two thirty central time. Right now it's an open group in the future. It might be more closed, but, um, and that, that the cost of that is just $20 a month and the courses are $36 that might go up soon. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I definitely, so I have her self-compassion with an IFS lens because that's like, that's what I teach. And I have never found anybody else who teach really like teaches that. Mm-hmm. I obviously teach it for parents specifically, but yeah. I mean, it's lovely to, to find other teachers. We all teach in very different ways. Um, it's so delightful to learn from, from other enthusiasts and other compassionate yeah. souls. Um, so um, I, I definitely am a testimonial for, for your courses. Um, oh, thank and you. listeners, if you've taken a course with me, um, you should know that the flow of Christine's courses is very similar. So if you've liked my flow and pace, mm-hmm. I have found hers to feel very homey to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Well, Christine, I I so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing, um, not just with us, but with the world. Um, Mm. I, I just adored our conversation. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I appreciate the opportunity and just had such a good time talking to you. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of, um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.